0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Examine Life podcast. My name is KE. Today's question is Why am I over? Done See you later. Productivity. Yes, we're going to dive into that. This is a podcast where we take some of life's thorniest questions and deconstruct them in a way that is pragmatic and philosophical so that you, my friend, can live a more examined, intentional, and joyful life. So, solo episode today, let us get started. This is a story about burpees. Yes, burpees, that famous exercise. I'm not gonna do one right now if you're watching the video, but I once did a thousand burpees in a day. Yes. Now, a reason why I like burpees is because they are extremely productive. You get cardio, you get legs, you get core, you get pecs, you get everything in a very, very short amount of time, which is why they fucking suck so much. So anyway, we were in Bali, I had just left Wall Street and I decided with some friends, shout out to the friends that are listening, that I was gonna do a 1,000 burpees. So let's say you're awake for 10 hours, that's 100 burpees an hour for 10 hours, and if you divide that um, by half, so that's 50 burpees every 30 minutes for 10 hours, or that's 25 burpees every 15 minutes for 10 hours. Now we had this little villa uh, in Bali, which had a pool. So I was doing these burpees and then jumping into the pool. I would call it fire and ice, yeah. So I did it. I did the 1,000 burpees and Right when I finished, I got extremely ill. Now it's that thing that CrossFitters get, I I forget what it's called, like ROM rom something, Ramazoid or some shit like that. Anyway, I got that. So we're in Bali in a foreign country where we know nothing about the healthcare system. We have an 18 month old, we don't have a car, we don't have childcare and we have a moped. That's how you get around in Chengdu, Bali. We were able to throw together a babysitter, which new moms will know that that is a strange thing in a foreign country when you're it's your first kid. There's no care.com in Bali. So anyway, I get this babysitter and Lisa starts taking me to all these different hospitals and uh, pharmacies first. And then they gave us this, there's a doctor that can see us and they give us some antibiotics or something like that. And I take it and then basically completely floored for the next 24 hours, but I'm fine. My poor beloved, Lisa, what the fear already, we were nervous enough to be in Bali with an 18 month old and no friends and no family there, but to have a husband who was completely incapacitated and God knows what the fuck was wrong with me because this motherfucker did a thousand burpees, all right? So I'm gonna tie, what does this have to do with the question, right? You're probably wondering, what does this have to do with the question, why is K over productivity? Well, here's the thing. The motivating force behind those burpees was all enmeshed in this desire to be productive, right? There was the need for output. There was the need for challenge. There was a need for validation. There was a need for physical validation. I think that back then I was so insecure about what Rad Reads was going to become, how I was going to make money. So I was like, "Whoa, if I could do a thousand burpees in 10 hours, then I am fucking invincible. I could do anything, right? So this is like at the core of this kind of highly productive thing, right? I mean, you do a thousand burpees, you are fucking in shape. But at the core, there was a lot of misguided, misdirected energy. that's what we're going to talk about. That's why I'm over the productivity stuff, because I think there's a lot of misguided energy. There's a lot of time wasting. There's a lot of performative bullshit, much of which I've done and contributed to. And so this is a strange episode. Shout out to my spirit animal, Theo Vaughn. And someone in the comments, I think it was Devin, was like, you're closer to Theo Vaughn than you think. So thank you, Devin. Shout out to my other spirit animal, uh, Emma Chamberlain. Rocking the solo episodes. So why, what's going on with this productivity? So as you know, I have spent eight years writing about productivity, coming up with frameworks like 10K work. We taught a course called Supercharge Your Productivity. Um, That course has made almost $1.7 million million of revenue uh, since it came out. I give talks, I've interviewed David Allen. So productivity, I've been in the world of productivity for a long time and I'm done with it. It's, and we're gonna explain to you why, but before I explain to you why, what I'm gonna do today is kind of different. We have the course, we're running the last course ever. I promise you, this isn't some fake fucking scarcity digital marketing bullshit. No, this is the last course ever because I'm done with it. That's why it's the last course ever. But what I'm going to do in this podcast episode is I'm going to teach you the entire course for free. I know the entire course from memory. I'm going to teach you the entire course for free. At the end, I'm going to give you, I know some of you all want hacks. So if you're on YouTube, uh, at the end of this, you're going to get 10 of my favorite hacks. Drop in the comments the shaka sign if you made it to the end. But I'm going to give you the whole course for free. We're going to run the course. The course is 2000 bucks And... The reason why I'm doing this for free is because I just want a lot of people to have it. This this is it. I, I, it's done. And then some people might say, like, this is cool, but I would love to have the slides. I would love to have the group coaching. I would love to be able to ask K questions. I would love to have the Slack community. Cool. If you're if that's you, then then you could buy the last course. But I want you to have the, the material uh, for free. So that's that's the spirit of this episode. And I'm gonna weave in, you're gonna actually see, it's actually very meta as to why I'm done. I'm done with productivity. It'll make a lot of sense to you. So we're gonna go through this course. It's, set, it's a seven week course that I'm gonna distill in the next, I've already been talking for seven minutes. I, I've spit on my, on my <laughs> camera already. I was gonna talk about it for, for uh, these seven weeks. We're gonna cram it in so that you can learn and apply these concepts yourself. Okay, so we talked about the burpees, but let me talk about my relationship with productivity. My 20s productivity was, how can I make as much fucking money as possible? My 30s was how can I use productivity to have as much free time as possible? I'm 44 now. So what is productivity in my 40s? Productivity in my 40s is why am I doing all this shit? right? And so you could see that evolution where it was like, how, 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 why, 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 right? And I think this is one of the things that has always frustrated me about the productivity is like I've never been the guy that just tells you about hacks. I'm the guy that cares about, I mean, this is called the Examine Life fucking podcast. I tell you about the why. But it was always very subversive. I like to get people to care about the why you have to, the on-ramp is the how. So that was it, 20s, 30s, and 40s. And look, let's just be honest, right? I want to be an internet creator and an online personality, an online person for for the rest of my life. So I'm going to have to adapt. I'm going to change, right? When I write, was writing about productivity, I didn't have kids. I wasn't even fucking married. Now I've got kids that are approaching, like my eldest is going to leave elementary school soon. So it's just different, different lifestyle. All right. So let us jump into the course. So we start the course off with what we call the five whys, all right? And the five whys is originally from the Toyota uh, manufacturing. It's it basically how they diagnosed their industrial production capacities. And so there's this, this classic story where they would say, you know, why is the car not starting, right? And they would go back like, oh, the alternator is broken. It's like, why is the alternator broken? Oh, because the battery ran out. Why did the battery run out? Oh, because the battery was being overused. So why was the battery being overused? Oh, and by the fifth why... You get to the car what wasn't maintained on the maintenance schedule, right? So the car not starting is actually, if you go, if you really probe all the way down to the fifth Y, something the user did—they didn't maintain the um, the schedule, the maintenance schedule. So if you're thinking about like, well, how do I make this car better? You actually don't need better batteries, better alternators, better parts and widgets that go into cars that I know nothing about, what do you need? You need to make sure that the buyers of the car are getting them maintained. Completely different strategy. Right? If you had just stopped at the first Y, you'd have been like, better batteries, better batteries, better batteries. better." this is pre, pre-EV. Right? And so in the first lecture of the course, we actually ambush you. You get, we ambush you. And we put someone, we don't call it the hot seat because we're very gentle. I'm, I get more animated in these podcasts, solo podcasts. So we get someone in the hot seat and then we ask them, why do you want to be more productive? And they usually say something along the lines, well, I waste a lot of time. And then we'll ask why, or sometimes we'll rephrase it. Why is it important that you not waste so much time? So why is it important that you not waste so much time? Well, because when I waste a lot of time, I don't spend enough time with um, my loved ones. Well, why is it important that you spend enough time with your loved ones? Well, because I don't spend enough time with my loved ones, then they might be wayward, right? They might not know their, their own paths. Why is it important that your loved ones know their their path? Because ultimately, I want them to be happy. It's like, well, why is it important that they be happy? Right? And just keep going on and on and down and down and down and down and down. And, down. and I shouldn't you not, friends, We have done this probably for 800 students, I think. The fifth why almost always ends in tears. And it's usually like, I just want to know that my life mattered. I'm scared that people will never believe in me. I am so scared of being judged and rejected. I feel unloved at my core. I mean, at the end of the day, we just... We want to be able to love well, to give and receive love, and that's what was so magical about that five why question. Because the fifth why is is a it's just a very human need, right? And so you could think about all the fucking widgets that people have put around productivity and the the tactics and the text expanders and the superhuman and the AI and the chat GPT. And it's like, at the end of the day, you just want the ability to love well. And I think this is the second part's really hard. The ability to receive love, right? So you get into these things of perfectionisms, of self-worth and self-loathing, inner critic, uh, the inability to start, right? That's really the heart of your, if I'm on video, giant air quotes, productivity issues, right? And so that's why in that first lecture, we set the stage and like, you think you want tactics. You think you want me to show you the best tool ever. But what what you really want is the capacity to love, the capacity to be seen, the capacity to take risks, the capacity to show up in your truest self unapologetic, right? And the course actually, we try to draw that connection. Like obviously a lot of that fifth why is in the realm of kind of deep inner work, but that's what this course is. And that's why the next version of it will drop productivity and it will just focus on the inner work. It's probably going to be in one-on-one and, and very targeted cohorts like finance people or entrepreneur founders or men or fathers or parents, whatever. It's going to be much more targeted, much smaller because I don't want to do the whole bait and switch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here and get the tactics. Get the tactics. All right. So why don't you try that, right? If you want to be more productive, ask yourself five times, why do I want to be more productive? And go down. Like why? Really pull at that why. And when you get to that fifth why, honor it. Your goal isn't to fix it. Some of these aren't fixed fixable. You have to honor them. You have to coexist with them, right? If you feel unlovable, you can't just like push a button and become lovable, but you have to know that that fear of unlovability is what drives so many of your decisions and that might actually change your decision making. All right. So that was the first lecture. So the second lecture. I told you, man, this is this is literally the course. All right, the second lecture lecture is I'm doing this fully from memory. This actually the beautiful thing about productivity is that it actually gets internalized. And so I'm highly fucking productive, right? I just, allow me to to just brag briefly, all right? I work about 30 hours a week. Rad reads generates, we're in a tough, we're having a tough year, but anywhere from like 150 to 250K a year, 30 hours a week. I don't have email on my phone. I don't have any meetings on Fridays. I exercise. I run or surf in the morning and lift in the afternoon. So I exercise, uh, three three hours a day, maybe. Uh, I meditate forty minutes a day. And you've seen the content, right? Weekly essay, weekly podcast, daily Twitter, daily Instagram, daily LinkedIn with one colleague. And shout out to Marion, And, and she's a huge reason why we can do all this. But that's productivity, friends that's internalized productivity. I just use like Apple Notes again. Right? So again, think of that journey, 20s make money, 30s time, 40s the why, right? And put You don't have to go through it sequentially at like uh, the integrated version of that is what matters. So that gets us to the to the second module, the second lecture, which is around goals, projects, goals, and what we call domains. So I'll start I'll start you off with a story, right? Let's say so again, the power of question. Let's say you want to have a dinner. So you're you're going to host people over for a dinner. So you go and you spend all, all Saturday afternoon cleaning the house. And then you make a run to Trader Joe's for your cheap shit. Then you make a run to Whole Foods to get your vegetables. You come home, you're cooking and all that. And then you, you're you like, oh shit, I forgot one thing. So you have to go back out and, and get um, cilantro. Right? You get the cilantro, you come back home, you're cooking, you're, a little bit stressed out and all that. And, and then you have this this beautiful dinner. And so you have this dinner, you, you host these friends. So the goal here might be to have a dope dinner. That is the the doing goal. Like, what do you want to do? But upstream from that, there's a bigger question. It's like, what does this, this dinner symbolize, right? The dinner symbolizes like, again, like so much of it comes back to love. It's like your capacity to love or to show community. Or to be there for people, to bring people together—that's who you want to be. You want to be this container of love. Let's say that. I call it in the, in the class. I call it heat-seeking love missile. But that was before the Ukraine war, and I was like, just let's get rid of all the war analogies, and let's just call it a, a, a container of love, right? So you you want to be right? It's like, what do you want to do? You want to organize a dinner? Who do you want to be? I want to be a beautiful container of love. funny thing about these solo episodes is I got to entertain myself so I don't bore myself to fucking death. And so I've got to like do theatrics and, and all that stuff. So who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Have a dope dinner. Who do you want to be? You want to be a container for love. You want to be a great parent. You want to be a leader in your field, right? And so you start to see, you know, I actually don't have goals and we don't teach goals in this course. I think goals are bullshit, um, not bullshit. Sorry, that's too harsh. I think goals miss the point and the go- goals set you up for disappointment because you want, blah, 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 want the goal, so you're kind of striving, 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 striving. you get the goal, you have a bunch of physical sensations, like, oh, I feel great, I get the goal, and then you move to the next goal, the constant one then trap, right? So that's why we don't teach goals. We want something more integrated, moral, more more present, focused, so to speak. So we have you think about these be goals and the question is that simple. So if you're taking the course right now, who do I want to be, right? And you can think of it in different ways. How do I want people to talk about me when I'm not around? What's on my tombstone? I don't want my kids to describe me. I don't want my spouse to describe me, man. Those are good, right? Damn, I don't want my kids to describe me. Like that's who you want to be, right? Think about it. All right, so that's beagles. So set up your beagles. Then we have projects. Projects are easy. That's what you're good at. That's your, your standard to-do list fair who say it's your shake shack of a fair <laughs> that's, that's a bad joke but anyway your projects projects are a group of tasks that have a deliverable and an end date and you guys are good at projects i don't need to tell you much more about projects but it could be like running them plan my wedding so you have a wedding you have all these tasks and then you have the wedding and then it's over and then you wipe that project off due date fixed set of deliverables but if only that was the only part of the picture because there's something else. Remember that Eisenhower matrix? What's important but not urgent? The things that you kick the proverbial can down the road. I was going to kick, but I just kicked my printer. <laughs> you kick the can down the road. You hit snooze on it. You never fucking do them. I, look, the reason you don't do so many of these things because they don't have due dates. We call these domains. So again, we have B goals at the very top, one level below, projects, and then next to it, what we call domains. Domains are, they satisfy a simple test. They're groups of activities that say, I need to maintain a standard in these activities, but there's no ending. So what do I mean by that? Your health, your blood pressure, your (laughs) pre-diabetes. talking to myself. Your hair loss, talking to myself. How are you going to take care of those? There's no end date, right? It's not like on July, 2026, I will stop worrying about maintaining my health. No, no. In fact, you'll have probably more things to worry about your health on July, 2026 than whatever, November, September, 2023. So domains, I'll make it easy. Health, key relationships, finances, self-improvement slash spiritual growth slash learning. You can kind of collaborate that how you want. Giant assets like home, car, right? Your home probably has a bunch of activities and and you might sell your home, but you know what I mean? Like you're probably not thinking of selling your home. So so all of these things are standard, right? You need to maintain your house to a standard. You need to maintain your health to a standard. And yes, some of them might have tasks like mow the lawn, but others might be more nuanced like ensure that I change the septic tank every seven years, right? Or notice the cracks in the garage door, right? Keep checking in on the cracks of the garage door because at some point the garage door is going to crack, going to break. So those things, they don't have an end date. And I mean, we don't even have to talk about money, savings, and estate planning and wills and living wills and 529s and yes some of them are tasks but others like for example I've been thinking that we're in a very lucky position but I want to we want to die die with zero or do close to die with zero which basically means you give your kids money maybe when they're 30 when they're 40 versus a lump sum when you pass so I think we're fortunate enough that we'll we'll have more left over when we're God do I need to do anything about that do I need to set up Structures so that I don't a that I can maximize the gift to them, but b that I don't you know screw myself if they you know do something nefarious or if something something happens right. So I need to talk to an estate person or or my homie Adam Katz, who was in episode eleven, I think, my wealth manager. So again, you could see that like that's a task, but it it's kind of a squishy task, and you could see how. You could just be like, next weekend, next weekend, next weekend, next weekend, and two years go by, and you you still haven't done any progress on that because, yeah, the the deadline for this doesn't matter. The the deadline for this is so far away. So these are the important and not urgent, right? They're domains. So, okay, let's do a little recap. This is module two. Who do you want to be? What are the projects? Project's super easy. You guys are used to that. And What are the domains? Health, money, relationships, self-improvement, big assets and they each have tasks with them. Now we don't cover this much in the course, but the key to domains is having really good habits and is to really integrate, internalize that behavior. Again, it's like why we're not teaching this course anymore is because the next chapter for me is to meet people who have already internalized most of these behaviors because there's so many better people teaching the tactics. Like there's the how and there's the why. The why is so much more juicy but you need the how, you need a basis of the how to get to the why. All right, module number three, remember, I will give you tips, I give you my top 10. If you're watching the video, just wait till the end of this video, drop the shaka if you made it to the end. All right, next one is 10K task management, right? This is really our modified, watered down version of David Allen's Getting Things Done that book is powerful we are going to talk about it in a subsequent episode with Natalieson this is the whole thing it's a fucking 310 page book on productivity most people have no business none reading a 300 page you read a 300 page book to make to, to for enjoyment yes but a 300 page book on productivity and that kind of is at the heart Of my issue, why I'm kind of getting out of all this productivity stuff is, you know, for a long time I read the 300 page book, so I could teach it to you all in an hour, two hours. I don't even want to do that anymore. Someone else that I'm handing that off to someone else, and I'll refer if there's a great someone else that does that. I I will refer people to that someone else once we retire this program. Again, the why is so much juicier than the how. Okay, 10K task management. These are a few principles. Once you set up your lists projects, domains. Now, module three, how do you make it all happen? Okay. The first thing is capture inboxes. One of the reasons why I was so obsessed with projects, I didn't want to worry about shit ever. So that's why I use, this is a GTD concept. By the way, I'm saying GTD like everyone knows what the fuck I'm talking about. GTD is getting things done. It's a book by David Allen that came out in 2003. That is very good and very long. Uh, Chances are you're not going to read it. It's very good though. Okay. So the reason why I got into productivity is I just didn't want to worry. I didn't want to worry that I was missing something for my boss. I didn't want to worry about scheduling my annual physical. I didn't want to worry when I had an idea walking down the street like, oh, fuck. Did I change the fire alarm? Shit, right? When you got young kids, you got to keep that shit changed. I didn't want to worry about that stuff. So one of the nice things about 10K task management is we call it quick capture. So you have an idea, a thought, a fragment, an idea, shard, whatever. It gets captured. Quick fucking capture. That's why I call called quick capture, quick fucking QFC, quick fucking Jack capture, capture. And there's three ways you capture it. You capture it in your to-do list. And again, this course, by the way, is completely, it doesn't, I don't care if you use Notion, Todoist, a piece of paper, a bullet journal, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. This is a system, not a tool. So you capture it, And I would suggest you capture it in two places. And if you're a ninja, like super advanced, I'll give you a third option. So capture it somewhere, Apple Notes, somewhere digital, Apple Notes, Apple Tasks, Apple Reminders, or whatever to-do list app you use. Then always have a notebook near you because that's quick capture. That's the best, the fastest capture is a notebook. And then if you're really feeling like a-, a wizard, use audio. So I'm always talking to Siri. Hey, Siri, remind me to change the smoke alarm. Hey, Siri, remind me to tweet this. Hey, Siri, remind me to... Oh, see, Siri's-, Siri's going off as I'm talking. Good, Siri. You are well-behaved, Siri. So use Siri. I added that to the list. See? Siri can't make this shit up. Okay. If you're more advanced, use voice. It's very, very powerful. Apple Watch. Whatever. Now... This gets the idea, again, smoke alarm. Change the smoke alarm out of your head so you can just go on with your day. Keep creating, keep making your art, keep trading that money, keep coding. Don't worry about just Don't stop worrying about the smoke alarm. You got it. You got it. I I know you got it. Okay? So you get the smoke alarm captured. So that's quick capture. What happens at the end of the day is you... This is where habits come in, the internalized behaviors. You take every task, they go in an inbox, right? And we get into much more detail here. This is one of the details I'm gonna have to skip over in this podcast. But once you have all these things captured, let's say it's five o'clock, or since everyone works from home, maybe you stop working at four now, four o'clock and you just have all these tasks, you move them one by one into the different lists. So remember, you have a bunch of projects, you know, uh, plan my summer trip. And you have a bunch of domains like my house. Oh, smoke alarm house, right? Goes into that list. So you could see there's the lists and that pull, the list map up to the tasks and that pulls all the tasks out of your inbox. You start the next day with a clean inbox. And then, you know, you might be working out and you're like, oh, I forgot to order paper for the printer that I just kicked. Then you like quick capture it at the end of the day. You might just buy it or you might add it to like a shopping list or something. That might be under home as well. That's the first principle. Principle one, module three, use quick capture. Principle two, no fake due dates. You guys are probably really, really, really guilty of this one. No fake due dates, okay? How many of you have needed to like work on some project, like start my newsletter, right? Start my, everyone wants a sub stack. Start my newsletter. So you go start and you just never do it. And so you, you create a task For two weeks from now, it's like start newsletter or send first issue of newsletter. It's for two weeks from now, 9 a.m. And then two weeks go by and you're like, oh shit, I didn't do it. And you just move the date by. That's because your brain is really smart. Your brain is really smart. What your brain knows is like, that's a fake due date. I don't need to do it by that day. So I'm not. But your brain also knows real due dates. So what's a real due date? Real due date is pay my rent. Or no, Real, you want to get real on due dates? Pay my life insurance premium. Those motherfuckers do not mess around, right? Think about it. They are just happy as fuck to be like, oh, you forgot your payment, canceled. Not that canceled. Life insurance, canceled. Worst, (laughs) a worse canceling, right? I got three reminders for my life insurance payment. I do not want to lose that premium that I locked in when I was 32 years old, right? So you don't forget those things. Rent D, have you ever forgotten to pay your rent? No, and you know why? That's something with a real due date. So what has a real due date? So I want to think about all of your tasks, all of your tasks. What has a real due date? So things that have real due dates usually are like payments and enrollments. Like sign up my kid for after school class, right? That's like a real. So real due dates are things where there is a severe and immediate penalty if you don't do it by that date. So let's say your rent's due on um, the first of every month. If you don't pay your rent on the first, there is a severe and immediate penalty for not doing it. But let's go back to sending the first issue of your newsletter. There is no severe, there is no penalty. Thus, it can't be immediate either which is why you never forget to pay your rent and which is why you have not hit send on your first newsletter. So you have to, no need to understand that there's there's two types of tasks. And I, in my tasks, and I think this is the same for you, I've seen this with so many other people, I'd say only 10% of tasks actually fit the threshold of having a due date. So that means 90%, nine fucking zero percent of your tasks, 90% are not worthy of due dates. So what I want you to do, if you're taking the free version of this class, go into your tasks and look at the test. Is there an immediate and severe penalty if I don't do it by this date? And if the answer is no, you must remove to due date. And you're probably saying to yourself, I can't, or I'll never do this thing. Well, we'll cover that in one of the later modules in this video, which is the weekly review. Right after we do the weekly review, I will give you the 10 tips. Cause I know I know you're like, okay, give us the 10 tips. They're coming. They're coming. I used to get, like fast forward the video to the last seven minutes and you'll get the tips, right? If you're that lazy. All right. That was module three. Module four. Module four actually takes place over two live sessions. And it's all about 10K work. 10K work. High leverage, high skill. It is the reason, 10K work is the reason why I don't work a lot. I'm not kidding. This is not a marketing pitch. Everything I look at is through the lens of this matrix. Now, this is gonna be a little hard to do on audio and I'm not putting up the slides on video, but picture a matrix and then one axis is leverage and the other axis is uh, skill. Low skill, high skill, low leverage, high leverage by the way, for the finance geeks that are listening. Hola. Hello, finance geeks. I know there's a lot of you in this podcast, in this room. Uh, we're not talking about financial leverage. We're talking about the amplification of of effort, right? All right. So go through each quadrant, right? You have $10 low skill, low leverage. This The litmus test of this is, can I do this hungover? Quick update. Since the drinking episode, I have had one drink in three weeks or so. It's been fucking awesome. Okay, can I do this hungover? Replying to emails, Slack messages, formatting, Excel, you know, Excel labor, F9 work, $10 work. Low skill, low leverage. Then there's $100 work. This is a sneaky fucking category. Sneaky, sneaky. $100 work. High leverage, low skill. This is the land of productivity of your traditional vanilla productivity guru. This is the fucking eat the frog, cold showers, use this app, use Rome, export your Kindle highlights, GTD, right? So what makes it, there's a little bit of leverage, don't get me wrong. When I give you the tactics, they're all $100 tactics at the end of this video, podcast. They don't fucking move the needle, right? Now I'm talking to the people who are obsessed with productivity. You've read David Allen's book. You read all the blogs about, you know, all the tricks and tactics, and you're always up to date with the latest app. Let me ask you this. Think about where you would like your life to be in the next 10 years. Let's say pick a date like 10 years from now. 2033, I will be 54 years old. My eldest will be in college. What do I want my life to look like? I want to be healthy. I want to do fulfilling work. I want to have a strong relationship with my, wife and my kids. I want to have continued to grow our nest egg. I want to have seen the world. So let's go back to that $100 work. Does exporting my Kindle highlights so that I have access to them 24-7 bring me any closer to that vision? Again, it. it's better than watching YouTube videos, but it's a very deceptive category. A lot of people spend a lot of time in this $100 work category. A lot of time. It's almost worse than $10 work because $100 work, it's like you trick yourself. At least $10 work, you're like, I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. This is such a bad use of my time. You know it. $100 work, you're like, I'm crushing it. I'm crushing it. I'm crushing it. No, you're not. You're wasting your time. You're not getting anywhere closer to your why, right? $100 work is leveraged how, right? We don't want leveraged how. We want leveraged why, right? Your mission times 10. How do we get that? How do we make that happen? Your personal life mission. All right, thousand dollar work, low skill. I'm sorry, high skill, low leverage. Tell you, I'm doing this all from memory. I've internalized all of this. I'm not. I'm not messing with you. Like, I really am being sincere. Thousand dollar work, high skill, low leverage. That is uh, the thing you get paid to do. It is the product of hard work, credentials, experience, right? My $1,000 work in the past was evaluating hedge funds. My $1,000 work today is writing and teaching and I guess some marketing, right? It's the thing that keeps the light on. It's the thing that gets me paid. Oh, and coaching as well. It's the thing that gets me paid. It's not particularly leverageable because it is my unique skill. So that's $1,000 work. And then there's 10K work. High skill, high leverage, right? Ooh, that's the sweet, delicious. I'm making the Italian mom. Mm. I tell you, I got to entertain myself. I'm talking for fucking 43 minutes. Okay, it's the sweet nectar of high skill, high leverage. Now this is tricky, right? Because you basically have to find the thing that you're really good at and find a way to amplify it. Now the most obvious way to do this always involves some kind of team. The most obvious 10k work is recruiting, hiring, engaging, compensating, retaining. Right, and And if you just do that, right, I think like 65% of US workers are disengaged. Like if you just engage people, you're already well ahead, right? So that is probably, and if it's particularly if you are in a W-2 corporate environment, that's your team. And like, how is morale? How do you onboard people? Do you run meetings effectively? Are your one-on-ones good? What is your performance review? It's all, you know, I know you want it to be sexy, but that's the 10K work, right? But then you work could be a lot of things, right? 10K work can be an email, right? I try to send a 10K email every day. What's a 10K email for me could get me featured in like a bigger publication, could get me on a good podcast. So For me, a, a lot of the leverage for me is how do I get my message out to as many people as possible, right? That's one of it. Uh, one way. Another way is how do we make our team better? We have a much smaller team now, but... That was a big part of the last two years for me is to, uh, how do you dial the team up with with, a, with like, what's your org, is your org structure legit, right? These aren't sexy things to think about, right? Is your org structure legit? There's fucking alpha in your org structure though. You just gotta sit down and think about it. Do it, do it. All right, 10K work. What are some other categories of 10K work, right? I mean, anything with digital leverage, right? Thought leadership, branding, creating memes, right? 10K work is a meme itself. In fact, it's such a meme. This is funny. The other day, someone listened to the episode, I think 13, uh, What is Good Sex? And the meme was like, hey, I love when you said working, the work around the clitoris is 10K work. I was paraphrasing what my teacher was telling me on the podcast. But think about that. Someone is saying, is using our language in a context that's even beyond the way we talk about it in a public forum, Twitter X, right? So, branding, memes, you know, Jeff Bezos, he's like, it's day one. The headquarters are day one. Everything he signs off the letter, it's day one. Fuck, he writes his annual letter and, and CNBC starts writing about it. It's day one. It's day one. It, what's day one? Retaining the sense of urgency, even though they're the third most valuable con- company in the world. How do you re- retain that sense of urgency of a startup? Language, communication transparency, relationships, 10K work. My entire practice, coaching practice is built off of relationships, all 10K work relationships, just maintaining these relationships across industries. I talk to people from finance all the time in a way that is helpful, not in a way that is like, hey, buy this service that I have. I never sell, right? The 10K work is I sell as a byproduct of doing the 10K work of authentic relationship building, right? So think about that, think about that statement. All right, pricing is another example. If you're really good at pricing, right? How do you make more revenue? You sell more stuff or you increase your prices. A lot of independent people have insecurity about raising their prices, myself included. My 10K work would be getting better at raising my prices, right? Prices going up. So that is 10K work. Module five brings it into focus with very specific examples like how do you build that portfolio of 10K work? The portfolio of 10K work, think about a regular portfolio. You have a little bit of cash. You have some bonds that pay interest, coupon. You have stocks that, you know, generate reasonable wealth over the long term. And then you have high leverage stuff, startup equity, crypto, real estate, things real estate actually has leverage in it. So if you think about that as a portfolio, right, depending on your risk tolerance and what you want, I don't keep cash. We're doing a separate episode on my finances. I don't have any cash. I just live off. I I manage cash through margin and I don't have any bonds. So I have only stocks and then equity, which is basically in myself and other like private equity things, mostly in myself. So I just own stocks which is 1K work, and equity in myself, which is all, all this stuff that you're consuming, which is the way that, that this compounding is going to bring me financial remuneration. But that's my risk. I, I'm a high, I take risks. Someone else might say, you know what? I'm going to do mostly $1,000 work. I'm going to show up in my job, I'm gonna do exactly what they told me to do to a T, right? You're going to live a great life there. I have to do some admin stuff. I might try to get a little better on the margin. So that's a $10 and $100 work. And then 10 k work. Maybe I'm going to get better at recruiting for my team so that my team performs better. Then I'll get paid better. That's their 10 k work. Or maybe I'll improve our remote work policies, like collaboration policies, so that we have crystal clear on expectations, right? That would be this person's 10K work, right? They are not trying to knock it out of the park. They're not trying to become the next founder They're not trying to become an online entrepreneur. They just want to do above average. Uh, they want to get an a, an a plus at their job, right? So they might sprinkle in 10% of their work might be 10K work. So that's the portfolio approach. All right, let's move to module six. We take a little bit of a detour and we ask a question that we've asked on this podcast last week. In fact, why do we always need to take a walk with headphones, right? Or is it okay to take a walk with nothing on? And we have this module. We call them eight. AT- we introduced this concept of ATL-like and T-like activities. I did not come up with it. It's from the the Greeks, but I learned about it through an author named Kieran Setia, who wrote a book called Midlife. It's a book about midlife crises. But people get a lot of whiplash after the two modules on ten k work. Because it's so outcome oriented, they're like, "Well, being a good dad," or "Do I have to think of all my workouts in the in the case of 10k work?" Or I'm sick of always thinking about relationship building through the lens of 10k work. And so, we introduced this concept of telic and atelic activities. So, telic activities are done because there is an end goal that you want to achieve. So, it's actually very in line with a, pro- a project is a telic activity. Like, I want to. I want to have a six-pack. And so you do a bunch of stuff and then you have a six-pack and then you, you, you check that project off your list, right? So there's a goal. And the, the, usually the promise is the goal will bring you happiness. That's a whole different philosophical question that we will not cover in this episode. So those are T-like activities. So get a promotion, you know, save up save up for a house down payment, write a book, right? All T-like activities. There's, a, there, there's an end goal and a, and a result. AT like activities, and we're very good at that. If you're listening to this, I bet you crush T like activities. You, you are a T like crusher. AT like activities is doing something purely because the activity is joyful, listening to music, calling your friend, calling your mom, making love, going for a walk, being in nature, right? We, in this kind of output achievement oriented society, we can just we can do two things with AT-like activities. We can just dismiss them. Like, what's the point? I see this all the time with fiction. And I did this myself. I've shared this in other videos. I didn't read fiction for 15 years while I was on Wall Street. Cause I'm like, this shit doesn't make me money. And so I would read textbooks and books on options, pricing, and all this stuff. Really a hardcore shit. But then I'm like, all the fucking joy has been sapped out of my life. I love li- fiction. I love literature, right? And so you could see these trade-offs that we make. Like, oh, we decide to listen to the all-in podcast instead of listening to music. Or God forbid, driving in your car in silence. I once put a video out there. I was like, when you take a trip by yourself, do one leg with a music or a podcast, the other leg inside. People look at me like I have four heads. Like, are you out of your mind? That's so unproductive. I'm like, well, maybe that's part of the point. Again, my qualms my with all this So we really have you think about these AT-like activities and we really have you think about what's holding, like why are you so against this, right? And that actually becomes a source of joy when you can embrace these AT-like activities because you're no longer just trying to get the next dopamine hit of, of achievement, of output, right? And my next video is gonna be about toxic achievement culture for kids is that this is bleeding down to kids where it's like, it used to be like, go play soccer. It's like, no, go play soccer, score as many fucking goals so that you could get to a di- recruited to a division one school so that you could then work on Wall Street so that you could then be rich and so then you can be happy, right? And, and that starts at, you know, I see it in the fucking second grade or second grade football, soccer here, right? So we take these AT-like activities that we should just be enjoying for the activity itself and we transform them. Into telic activities. So I want you to think about are you in balance? Are you in balance between the activities that are telic, outcome oriented? They're making you money, they're getting you paid, they're getting you status. Getting you status. It's an important one. And the atelic ones, no status. There's no status on a hike, bro. And think about that portfolio and think about when you swap one for the other. Think about when you, is it hard to be in silence? All right now, I'm not even talking about meditation. I'm just talking about taking a fucking walk in silence. No, you can't call your mom and not walk, even then. All right. How are we doing on time? 55 minutes. You guys are 10 minutes away from the tactics that you've been so patiently waiting for. Fuck, I forgot to get bring water. All right. Next module, module seven 10K questions. I love this quote. I'm not a particular fan of Tony Robbins, but quality of your life is measured by the quality of your questions. I think that people listening to this, people who are driven by productivity are too focused on questions that have very specific answers. And in fact, they've probably lost the urge to question. There's a statistic. They looked at the the percentage of dialogue that was questions in little kids and it was like 80% question. A little kid Speaks 80% in questions. And then they look at an adult as 20%. We stop asking questions. We think we know all the answers. Questions require humility. Questions feel like a waste of energy. We just want the answers. I might have said that one already. So we help you. This is the direction I want to keep going. And it's not as sexy. There's not this like quick hit, but we basically help you in module seven come up with two types of questions. We have North star questions, which is kind of like, where am I headed? This, we actually use questions in lieu of goals. In lieu. I love saying that. In lieu of goals. It sounds so fancy. So north star questions, where are you going? And the other types of questions are alignment questions. Still doing it from memory. So north star questions are like, what does success mean to me? When will I know that I'm happy? What is enough? The beautiful things about these questions, they're not really like, yes, you can answer them with your brain, but there is a a bit of a spiritual surrender in some of these questions. Like, when will I I know I have enough? It's not like five million bucks. Like, no, there's there's a surrender. You know, Pema Chodron calls it this groundlessness, right? These questions are a little groundless. If you think you can answer them with a bulleted essay and a PowerPoint, think again. Those are the North Star questions. So they kind of aim you. Loosely, they're the closest thing we have to a goal. Then the alignment questions are, are you in alignment? What would I do if I wasn't afraid? How am I showing up for the people I love most? Who gets my best energy? Am I at peace? I always think about that one where I ask people, if the inside of your head was uh, a body of water, like an ocean, a lake, a river or something, what would it look like? Would it be a tsunami, a hurricane? 10 foot overhead fucking barreling ass waves or would it be a smooth serene like like I think we all all want that serenity man We all want it but we chatter 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 do 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 telick 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 te like go, go 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 right so am I in alignment? what does peace look like? How do I find peace? how do I find satisfaction? Am I content? So we give you these questions for you to just reflect on over the course of your day and your lives. So these are the 10 key. I think one, like I said, one of the most moving parts of the lecture. All right, at the hour mark, we're in the last module, module eight. I think we collapsed it to seven in the course, but module eight, the weekly review. Now you probably remember how I said no due dates, no fake due dates, right? So if you pull up your list, you pull up your home list, change the smoke alarm, buy paper for the printer. You pull up your list for money, ask my accountant about giving while living, review that I am withholding the right amount of money, right? None of these have, they don't qualify for due dates. So there needs to be a process that captures them in. So we have a whole matrix about, honestly, the weekly review is just, it's the gateway to self-reflection, right? But we won't cover that there. We make it super pragmatic. Like, What do you need to do on a weekly basis to make sure that everything is in alignment, right? So it's very simple. The first thing you do is you go through every list. So every project and every domain, and you just look at them and you say, do I need to do any of these this week, right? Particularly the ones that don't have due dates. That's when you might start scheduling. You might say like, oh, you know, I need, really need to think through this, you know, give while living thing. I'm gonna set up 30 minutes of time to call my accountant, schedule that meeting, right? There's no deadline, but now you've scheduled it, so it's gonna happen. So you go through every list. Next thing you do is you review your aged tasks. This is really important. Set up a threshold, I recommend three months, but you sort all of your unfinished tasks from oldest to newest. You're gonna have some weird ass shit, like someone told you to buy some random book seven years ago and it's gonna be on that list sort it from backwards forward and delete everything that's beyond that three-month cutoff. You're like, no, what what if I never do the thing? Like, bro, it's been three months. There's no consequence to you not doing it. You're not going to do it. Let it go. It will find you. It will find you when it needs to find you, right? So you go through your age task, again, all from memory. Then you identify your 10K work. And I encourage you, to do 25 minutes of 10K work every single day. I promise you, if you spend 25 minutes thinking, it's basically thinking time. If you spend 25 minutes a day thinking every day, every dream that you want in life will happen because you've committed an unimaginable level of commitment and, and intentionality and intensity in one fell swoop. I'm pretty good about 20. I'm probably 25 minutes a day, like three days, three to four days a week. I kind of relax on Fridays. So, schedule that 10K work, go through your projects. That's basically it, right? That's basically what the weekly review is like. And, and we'll give you, there's a lot of other stuff you could be doing, but that's the bare minimum, right? The weekly review. And again, we'll want you to be constantly thinking about those questions, those 10K questions. Like, we have you pick. These tiny questions. By the way, everything that I've said on this is also exists in blog form. So everything's free. Again, if you want to take the course, the last course, sure. Because there's a lot of handholding. Obviously, we don't go through it this quickly. There's a huge community too. So that wraps us up. And so before I get to the promised goodies, I wanted to share a story. There was a very successful serial entrepreneur who saw me years ago on Ali's podcast, that's when Ali still invited me. I love you, Ali, but come on, man. Can I get on your podcast? Make it happen, team, team rad. So he saw me on Ali. This entrepreneur saw me on Ali's podcast. He reaches out, reaches out on LinkedIn and he said, hey, will you be my productivity coach? This was years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I qualify every coaching client. So it's, I, it's not just a yes, it's a, will this work for both of us? And so we're talking and, and in this kind of pre-meeting, he says, you know what I've noticed about all these productivity coaches is that they get really into productivity and then they retire from productivity. And he was saying it in a, he's like, Here, please don't do that to me. And he was saying it in kind of a, like, that's a bug. We still talk now. He's my longest coaching partner, probably listening. If you're listening, shout out, I love you, man we don't talk about productivity anymore. We talk about 10 get questions. We talk about family. We talk about mission. We talk about dying with zero. We talk about all that stuff, right? He's fucking productive. I'm fucking productive. So I think that the fact that you stop talking about it is a feature. It means that you've internalized it. And that's it. You move on. There's this quote. I, will, I did write this one down. It's about money, but you could say it's like productivity. Money is like gasoline during a road trip. You don't want to run out of gas on your trip, but you're never doing a tour of gas stations. I'm done giving the tour of gas stations, but I wanna give you the map. That's the next chapter for me, is helping you find the map, giving you the gas when you need it, but we're done giving you the tour of the gas stations. All right, so you've waited this long. What are my top 10 productivity tips? All right, I wrote them down. This I actually did write down. Number, d- number one, touch it once. An email comes in, a task comes in, tasks you quick capture it. email. Act on it right away. This helps that I only check my email a couple times a day. Touch it once. Don't let these things linger, all right? If it's lingering, it's using up unnecessary cognitive space. Number two, use that social media password trick with your spouse. I'm pretty prolific on social. I don't have Twitter on my phone. It's all scheduled. I have all this stuff on my desktop, but social media on desktop is not fun. Not at all, especially not Instagram. So I have seven minute timer for TikTok and Instagram, but the thing is, I don't know the code. Lisa, my wife, knows the code. So when I run out of those seven minutes, I have to go to her and say, "Sweetheart, can you please unlock TikTok for me?" You use you end up using that one sparingly. All right, number three, keyboard shortcuts. I fucking love keyboard shortcuts. We talk about this in the Nat Eliasson episode. I use Text Expander. I use Superhuman superhuman for email. I zip through my email. You have to learn a new language. I think I do put the text expanders in a hundred dollar work. But man, if you can shorten your keystrokes and stick with it. So I've been using text expanders for five, seven years now. The funny thing is I go, they have this statistic, like you save this much time because they convert it to words per minute. And I was like, I use text expanders all the time. And, And I went to the, how much time did you save? It was like six hours. Like, great. I definitely spent more than six hours coding them in. But that was a one-time cost. That was number three. Number four, if it scares you, dig in. That email that, that you're just resisting, that task you're resisting, there's a story behind it. Go figure it out. Probably has to do with that fifth why, right? Rejection, unlovability. Number five, quick capture. There's desire. I, I just don't want to worry, right? So if I have an idea, it goes, in, goes somewhere, then I stop worrying about it until I clean up my inbox, right? It's quick capture. Huge fan of quick chapter. Number six, this is a fun one. I call it the next hang ritual. In general, I love rituals. I think rituals are slightly different than habits because they have a baked in calendar component to them where a habit might, it's a little bit less. But with my homies, we get together and then right when we leave, we whip out our phones and we pick a date six weeks ahead and say, hey, we're gonna hang out again. Calendar is wide open none of that back and forth texting stuff. Oh, are you free on this day? Are you free on this day? Stop texting me. There's people like me. I only respond to texts at night that slow down the chain. Nope. Rituals. Next hang hack. Relationships. We talked about networking a bit. Just uh, released earlier a really long YouTube video that, that talks about how I use networking on Wall Street. I keep in touch with everyone who is important to me. And this could be important and you just we we vibe. It can be important. We work together. It can be important that we have a unique shared history. And so, with every one of these people, hundreds and hundreds of people, they just rotate on a cycle, which is a check-in cycle. Couple months, couple weeks, a year is the minimum. So I I many of you listening have probably been on the receiving end of my birthday. I make these like elaborate birthday videos for my for everyone, all my friends. And so I just have this ongoing reminder schedule of, did you check in with this person, this person, this person, this person? All right, minimize the number of decisions. I hate making decisions. So I try to make everything not a decision, right? That means automating things, but it also means recognizing that certain decisions come with a million other decisions. A a, a huge example of that is buying home versus renting. I just don't want the decisions. Like, should I interior design my house? No, because I'm a renter. Done. Next question. And That's a personal philosophy. Min- minimize for a number of decisions and decide quickly. So there's just you know, I like I just don't want. I want to be at peace. I don't want to worry about stuff. Life's too short to be thinking and ruminating about shit that doesn't matter. Habit stacking number nine. So I give you an example. I woke up this morning, meditated. I didn't turn, didn't look at my phone at all. I meditated. I drank a thing of water. I dropped my kids off at school. I had my gym shoes laid out. I ran six miles. I came back. I made a keto breakfast. I had my coconut water ready. I had my seven vitamins and some supplement and and different uh, electrolyte supplements. That's it. It was just, it was all there. There's just like all those habits fit together, right? Like I'm better at getting my kids ready for school when I haven't checked social. I eat better when... I've run, I run better when I've actually laid, I, I do the atomic habit, I, laid out my run, I lay out my running clothes so that I just pick them up and run. Like no friction, no friction, no decisions, they're just there. That was number nine, habit stacking, And number 10, I'm a satisficer, not a maximizer, right? I'm not trying to eke out, and this is why I'm retiring from the traditional realm of productivity. I'm not trying to eke out every last last penny, every last minute of everything, no. I'm trying to find the big rocks, Try to find the things that move the needle. I'm gonna spend all my attention there. to Help you spend all your attention there. That is why we have put this all here. You, I tried to make this as clear as possible. Hopefully, you can actually implement these. Um, if you do want to take the course, it's it's the last one. Again, hand in my heart. No scarcity, none of that. Just sign up link in the bottom. Then we're done. I'm done. We're moving on to to we're moving on to more work on the on more inner work. And the inner work is going to be much more one-on-one focus. Like I said, it's going to be group, group focus and it's going to be cohort focused. So there's going to, we already have a, a men's group of financial services professionals. There'll probably be one for parents, maybe one with founders, although I'm not, I can't speak well to many founder issues. So yeah, we're just going to go move more into the why. We'll, we'll touch the how. We do need the gas from time to time. And you guys listen for an hour and 13 minutes. This has been way too long. Peace. Love you. Rate, rate, review. Smash the like. All the good stuff. Subscribe to the newsletter. I love you all so much. Bye.